0: Living Your Big Bold Life podcast. And I am your host, Bet Lucas. I am a mom of six crazy kids. I work as a VP in a fast-paced industry, and I've been on a health journey. But what does living your big, bold life even mean? Living boldly is having the courage to finally listen and do what your heart has been trying to tell you all along. Maybe it's to take back your health. Write the book. Go for the job. Run the race. And I'm here to help you listen to that voice and to remind you to be you boldly. The world needs you. Give yourself the power
1: back. Your body knows how to direct you in a healthy path. Here's the problem, from the moment you were born, you've been taught to fear everything outside of you. You've been taught to fear bacteria, viruses. You've been taught that if you have a fever, you take a medication. If you have a boo-boo, you put a Band-Aid on it. Like we have been taught outside in health. And outside in health says that I am weak and I have to put something outside of me into me. Well, with fasting, what happens is you flip that. And now you're saying, huh, I'm not gonna put anything Thing into me and my body's going to heal. And for a lot of people, that's mind bending. They don't know what to do with that because they've never been taught that. But this is what I love about fasting is you start to see somebody believe in themselves again and trust their body again. And now your brain's going, okay, well, if my body can do this, what else
0: can it do? Welcome to Living Your Big Bold Life podcast. I am your host, Bette Lucas. And today I have the immense pleasure of welcoming Dr. Mindy. Gosh, she just talks a lot of my love languages. And one of those love languages is helping people feel healthier and better in their skin. But most importantly, we're going to tackle intermittent fasting, which, as you know, I speak about a lot on Living Your Big Bold Life podcast. And Before this interview got started, Dr. Mindy and I were chatting and I said, Dr. Mindy, what is the one thing that you feel, you do all these interviews, people feature your work, we're talking intermittent fasting all the time, but what do you feel people don't ask you about enough. And Dr. Mindy, would you share what you shared with me? (laughs)
1: Yeah, and actually there's a good story that goes with it, but let me answer the question first. I am 100%, I should even say 1000% convinced we could end chronic disease if we taught people how to intermittent fast. And here's the reason why. We can dive into the science and talk all about that. But at the root of all chronic disease, at the root of all of it is poor metabolic health. So we've got to teach people how to become metabolically healthier. And if we just started there, we would start to see everything from autoimmune conditions to heart disease, to liver problems, to immune problems. You know, I spent, when when COVID first hit, I was, like, shocked and and in many ways, not in the ways that most people are shocked. I was shocked from the perspective that if this virus is so strong, what is it in the host's body that's causing people to die or to be so symptomatic? And after a year and a half of studying it, it is very clear and, and many experts will agree that if you are metabolically sick you're immune sick. You are immune compromised. So it's really easy for us to say, well, when are we gonna be out of this pandemic? When are we gonna be out of it? But you know what? I'm an optimist, but I'm also a pessimist in the sense that if we don't address metabolic health, When the next virus comes around, we're going to shut down again and there's going to be more problems. We have not taken the last year and a half to address metabolic health and fasting is our way out. It's free. Anybody can do it.
0: And what the science shows and what we're showing in our community is it's ridiculous ridiculously effective. And, you know, I think that's why when someone finds intermittent fasting, I believe that it lights something within them because they say, well, well, I need to tell a friend or I need to share with a family member because it is that much of a difference maker for so many of us. And, you know, it is really sad to me that, you know, you look at during this last year and a half and childhood obesity rates have just gone crazy and people are sitting more, they're watching more TV, watching more screens and our metabolic health has not improved. I'm like you, everyone calls me an optimist, but I, I am a little bit pessimistic that we're just missing the boat we're missing yep. the boat when it comes to solving this puzzle that we've been all talking around why why are americans getting more and more unhealthy and yet there is this simple and powerful tool out there called intermittent fasting I was just down a rabbit
1: hole of research a couple of months ago, and there was an article that came out, and it, what they were studying is they wanted to see if our metabolism slowed down as we aged, if men and women had different metabolism metabolisms, if uh, your metabolism shifted as you went through menopause, and we can talk about what it found, but there was one line that just, like blew my mind away where the lead of the study, and they looked at over a half a million people when they looked at this study, like this was not, and they looked at people from um, eight months old all the way up to 95. And the lead of the study came out and said, everything we have been teaching you about metabolism is all wrong. Everything you've known about metabolism is all wrong. So just like sit with that for a moment. Okay, so calorie in, calorie out. Doesn't work. If it worked, we would have not have the obesity problem that we have. Exercising our way to better metabolic health. Well, that's a little bit better. At least you're creating some positive effects there. Um, You could even go down paleo, carnivore, keto, like you can go down all those paths and they, they are great tools for metabolic health. But until you intermittent fast and add a great diet to intermittent fasting, you will not get the result that you want to get. And let me explain why. So you have two ways when this is the other thing I always ask people when I say metabolism What does that mean? Like how many people used to come into my clinic and be like, oh, my metabolism's slow. Okay, well, what does that mean? How do you know your metabolism's slow? Like we throw these terminologies and these labels around and we don't even understand them ourselves or my thyroid is sluggish. You know, this big study about everything we knew about metabolism is all wrong. They said that there were four organs in our body that contribute to metabolic health and the thyroid wasn't one of them. It was the brain, the liver, the kidneys, and the gut. Those are your metabolic organs. So to answer the question as to why intermittent fasting is working so well, we have to go back to what is metabolism. And this is the way to look at it. Metabolism is just a fancy word for how does your body make energy? So when people say, I have a fast metabolism, your body is making lots of energy from the food you're eating. When you have a slow metabolism, Your body is not taking the the food you're eating and turning it into energy. So it's that simple. So here's the thing. We have two energy systems. We have one that we get from the foods we eat. We call that the sugar burner energy system. And we have one from the fat we burn or from fasting. This is why we're going to talk fasting. That's called your fat burning system. And you are meant to go in and out of these two systems. So every diet you've ever been on has only been working from the sugar burner energy system. It has not been helping you tune, fine tune the fat burning energy system. And then on top of that, you are meant to go in and out of these two energy systems. So instead of saying I have a slow metabolism, what you really need to say to yourself is, Am I, or a question to ask yourself is, am I able to metabolically switch? When I eat a meal, am I able to take that meal in and take all the goodness of that meal and put it into energetic action? Can my cells take that in, turn around and turn it into energy? Well, the first thing to realize is if you're energized after a meal, then yeah, there's probably a good chance you're, you're a good sugar burner. But then the second part thing to ask yourself is, when I go without food, do I get stronger? Do I get more energy? Do I get better mental clarity? If the answer is no, then you are not a good fat burner. And the only way to be a good fat burner is through fasting. That is the only way you tune up this energy system. So now, when we look at intermittent fasting, one of the best studies that I love, there's lots of great ones, but the one that kind of has everybody geeking out is that, the, and the one I love for metabolic health is that if you take two groups of people, this was in cell metabolism, two groups of people, you feed them both a high fat, high sugar diet. This is the Western diet. If one group is allowed to eat the, the, that diet all day long, they will develop metabolic syndrome. They will get high cholesterol. They will get high glucose. They will have a bigger waist circumference. They will have a higher BMI from that diet. The second group, if you take the same diet, same calories, and you say, okay, I want you to eat it in an 8 to 10-hour eating window, and the rest of the time I want you to fast, they become metabolically immune from the damages that a high-fat, high-sugar diet gives them. That is, that is is mind-blowing. That should be what every politician was saying last year. It should be the go-to like scenario is we should get everybody working on getting their food within an eight to 10 hour eating window. We have to stop coming at diet from eat this, don't eat this, do this, don't do that. And I'll give you a story that just really changed this for me is in the heart of the pandemic. I had a group, a principal reach out to me uh, from South Carolina Uh, she had a, um, COVID was really bad in their, in their town. She had followed me on YouTube and she said, would Dr. Mindy come and talk to my people about, um, what they can do to be healthy, to protect themselves against COVID? Cause at that point they thought they were going back to school. There was no vaccine. The teachers were like, what can I do? So I get on this call and I give them this very fancy presentation on all the foods they shouldn't eat and all the foods they should eat. And when I get at the end of the call, I'm like super proud of myself. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, that was great information. And I look at everybody's faces and it they're like a deer caught in headlights. And this one brave man uh, raises his hand and he says, I understand what you're saying about the bad oils, but if I'm standing at the, at the grocery store and I have to choose between a peanut butter with good oils and a peanut butter with bad oils that is an eight dollar difference per jar and that is eight dollars I do not have this is our teachers in this country by the way which is a tro- that that is a whole nother problem on itself we should be paying our teachers more but then I had another woman say you know what I hear what you're saying but at the end of the day I'm exhausted and on my way home, From from work, I go and stop at McDonald's. And that's that is my go-to meal. So now I'm with her asking her, like, could you take the bread off? This woman's looking at me like you, I've been sitting in a classroom with a bunch of high school teenagers teaching them all day with a mask on, and you're telling me to go to McDonald's and take the freaking bread bread off? (laughs) Like, (laughs) hell no, (laughs) Lindy. Yeah, she looked at me like I was a two-headed dragon. And I, I honestly bet I came off of that and I thought, I failed them. I failed them. They asked for my help and I gave them resources that were impossible for them. And that's when I started to dive into how do we change metabolic health in the easiest way po- possible. And we do it by getting, I could have said, just eat that McDonald's in an eight to 10 hour eating window. Just eat it in the short eating window. And everybody can change their metabolic health by condensing when they eat, elongating when they fast. It's that simple and that effective.
0: Yeah, I find that so interesting. You know, I interviewed a nurse out of New Zealand and in their practice, they are implementing intermittent fasting. And she had a really similar epiphany. She said, "Bet, I'm working in these different demographics. And if I try to change their food, I don't have immediate or any success. She goes, they just, you know, they're here for a day or two and then they're gone. I lose them. That was her line. I, I lose, I lost them. And, uh, she says, however, if I don't tell them anything about their food choices and I just work on exactly what you said, she goes, they start seeing success and they start seeing steps forward. And then her hope is then maybe they make some slow food changes later. But I find the the order interesting because sometimes you'll have people say, no, I came upon intermittent fasting on accident. You know, I started eating lower carb or I started eating this way and I was feeling better. But it is interesting. I do think for the majority of Americans and how we eat, I do think you have hit the nail on the head that maybe we just have we've got it a little bit backwards. We're coming at it. We're going in the, the front
1: door and we need to go in the back door. And we need to start by asking what can the poorest of the poor person do to change their metabolic health? And we have to realize that big food and big pharma are big profits, and they're going to do everything they can to keep us engaged in their world. And we're not going to win that battle. They have too many lobbyists. They've bought too many politicians. We're not going to win that. But we can take... The South Carolina high school teacher who doesn't have time, is exhausted, doesn't have financial resources, and we can now start to get her to compress her eating window and say, you eat whatever you want within that time period, but I want you to elongate the time in which you're fasting so your body can rest and recover, you can bring the blood sugar down, inflammation can come down, the organs that are working really hard can rest, But instead, what we've done is we've perpetuated six meals a day is going to make you lose weight. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. And these are myths. These are keeping people fat those two things alone are keeping people metabolically unhealthy and it's just i see it so simply and that's why i'm that's what drives me is how do we get to the person who has failed at every diet who doesn't want to be told don't tell me what to eat doesn't their doctor is is telling them you have a high bmi you better get your stuff together but not giving that person any resources it's that simple we compress your eating window giving you
0: longer time to fast and your body will heal And it's free. Totally, And it's available to us all. So Dr. Minia, an interesting thing I found on my journey was, you know, I had obviously I'd started exercising early in my journey. I'm like, oh, I'm going to start exercising more and I'm going to start eating healthier. And yet looking back, I was, I was grazing all day. And you know, okay. I was just grazing, grazing, grazing. And I was so frustrated because I remember feeling like I was doing all the things I was doing, everything I was that had always worked for me before or that I was being told was going to work for me. And it was like I couldn't budge. There was this, this, this wall that I kept running into. And I like to think that intermittent fasting it was like it gave me a ladder to go over yes. this wall yes. that had been there. And I think that's what what we want to do today is really provide you know this tool to say, yep, there's there there's been a wall there. you've you've had this impediment but guess what we've got a tool to get over that and through it And that was so powerful for me on my journey that here I was doing all the things and it was just this one little tweak that really helped me, kind of take some pretty big leaps and bounds. So Love what that. about when you're talking to someone who is new now? So now you've kind of had this like, oh, this epiphany, you've talked to these teachers, where now do you find is the best place if someone comes to you and go, okay, well, where do I start, Dr. Minnie? I want to try this. Where do I start? Okay. I love this. This is such a great conversation.
1: Okay. now I just, we got to, this information's got to get out to people because it's, it just will change lives. It is changing lives. So here's where, here's the first thing to understand. You already get, we're trying to get you to eight to 10 hours where all you're doing is eating your food within eight to 10 hours. So you're brand new to this. So this is where you're trying to get that by the way, is about sixteen to 14 to 16 hours of fasting. But right now you wake up in the morning, you're eating breakfast, you're eating throughout the day, snacking, meals, you eat dinner and then you go to bed. So let's start with what I call the bookends. Let's start with dinner and let's start with breakfast. Now, here's something to realize is that the two hours before you go to bed, your melatonin is the highest. And when melatonin is high, you are the most insulin resistant. So we need melatonin to be a little lower so that your body can utilize the, can make insulin well. You can, insulin can drive glucose into the cell. So let's start by, could you finish dinner like two hours before you go to bed? If you're like, that's really hard, I can't do that. Okay, could you do it one hour before you go to bed? Nope, can't do that. Could you do a half an hour? Could you just move your dinner up a little bit so that we're giving your body a chance to be more insulin sensitive to your meal? Second part of that is the other time of the day that your melatonin is the highest is the first hour in the morning when you wake up. And you are also insulin resistant then. So let's push your breakfast back an hour. So if you eat breakfast at 7, could you eat it at 8? If you ate your dinner finished, the last thing went into your mouth was at at 7 o'clock at night, could it be 6? Okay. Now we're moving in the right direction. We're moving towards this place where we are compressing your eating window. So then from there, you can, and we're not even swapping out food at this point. Try that for a week. The thing I want people to realize is that it would be natural to have a difficult moment when you pull your you bring your dinner up and you bring push your breakfast back you've taken two hours off it, it's okay if there's a moment where you're a little cranky where you're a little upset you're like why did I listen to that podcast who is this woman what does she know that's what the brain will do but it's In that challenge, it's in the difficult moment that your body's healing. Think about a sprained ankle. Sprained ankles don't feel good, but your body rushes in with inflammation to be able to heal it. Think about a fever. Fevers feel horrible, but your body's raising its temperature to burn out an infection. So when we have start to compress your eating window, we are taking you from this sugar burner place and we're going, okay, we're gonna switch you. Here we go, here we go. We're gonna switch you over to fat burner. But it's, it may be a little rusty in the beginning. Now, what will happen is just those two-hour difference, if you stick with this over a couple of weeks, because this is how your body wants to be treated, what will happen is pretty soon you'll realize, oh, I was supposed to eat breakfast at 9. It's 10 o'clock. I wasn't even hungry. I, I guess I'll just go till 10. Maybe I'll go to 11. It's like now you're on the path. And you haven't even changed your your food yet.
0: Yeah, I love that because I do think we don't think we can rewire and reset our time and our body clocks. And it's so true how when you first transition, it's like the knock at the door comes in your normal times. You know, it's like, hey, you normally eat right now. And why aren't you eating? And I even remember just breaking my snacking habit. Oh, yeah. For a long time, I had this habit. And I always tell people, you know, I the snacks I packed actually were really healthy, but I was snacking on them all day, and I swear, Doctor Mindy, I was hungry every two hours. I swear it. And I look back and I'm like, oh my gosh, I was just grazing all all day, and I never ever gave my body a break, but. The good news yeah. is, is once, like you said, you kind of push through, like you're surfing a wave. You just got to push through that wave. And guess what? You get through that hump and the hunger kind of lessens a little bit. I hunger doesn't yeah. always go like this. You know, it's like yep. hunger is a wave. And if you can ride it, it's like one little victory and go, oh, well, I can do yeah. that. I can, I can make it one more hour. So, yeah. you know, do people ever come to you going, oh, okay. It is getting a little bit easier. You know, it's not as crazy as you thought. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, I love it. I used to love sitting with people who would say,
1: "I have the I have a sugar addiction. There's no way. I'm like, I will start being dizzy in the morning if I do that." And I just in my heart I just smile and I say, "Okay, walk this path with me. Mm -hmm. I've got you. Let's just take it step by step by step. Let's just slowly move this. So let's start with this hour up of the dinner, push your breakfast back and let's see how you do. After about a week, you're doing better. Okay. Now to your point on snacking, don't change anything Mm -hmm. else. If you want to just go three meals a day within this eating window, just take out the snacks. Yeah. Okay, now you've done that. Okay, now can we compress it into an eight to 10 hour eating window? Could you not, maybe you don't do breakfast. Maybe you do breakfast at 10. Maybe you have a mid-morning snack at 10 and you eat dinner at
0: six. There's that's eight hours. Yep. You're you're that's it. There you go. Yeah. You're already doing. And it. it's it's so empowering. And I just think that it's for most people the message here is that it's more of a a, a mental thing to get through than anything. In a lot yeah. of ways, we have trained ourselves to think we have to eat all of the time, and our bodies have really become accustomed to it. And yeah. I think the more you can just go, oh. I can, I can skip breakfast. I can wait to eat. I don't need to be eating all the time. It's just so empowering. What do you find are some of the biggest mistakes that can be made and maybe some tips you tell people or things you say, let's avoid that. Uh, but I'm sure as you're helping people along this path, you see some mistakes that people make on their intermittent fasting journey. Yeah, so the
1: first one I would say, well, let's talk about some easy things you can do in your fasting window and then that will help you understand the mistakes people make. Got it. So coffee's okay. Let's go to this. This is, you know, you can drink your coffee in the morning. One little crutch is MCT oil. Just add a little MCT oil to the coffee, and that helps you sustain your energy because any fat will kill your hunger. So you can put a little bit of fat in your tea, like and MCT oil is just the easiest to put in. It's also MCT oil has some incredible research that shows that it can actually go up, kill the hunger hormone, and prime this fat-burning energy system. So that's, that's the first thing. Now, the next question that I get a lot from people is, well, can I have my diet Coke? How about I have my diet Coke in that, in that window? So, or any diet drink. Uh, NutraSweet actually it makes you more hungry and it actually can make you more insulin resistant. So anything with NutraSweet in it, please don't drink that in the fasting window. You really got to think about that because otherwise you're just ma- you're setting yourself up for failure. Um and then I think the the other mistake people make and I don't know if it's a mistake per se is don't get bored Don't be bored. When you're first learning to do this, the best way to do this is to stay busy. So let's use your nighttime. You know, if you don't want to push your breakfast, your dinner up a little bit, then you could push your breakfast back a couple of hours because you're busier during the day. A lot of people have trouble at night because they sit on the couch and watch TV and they just keep eating and eating and eating until they go to bed. So if that's your struggle at night, uh, one of the tips that I use for my own self is I have a hard stop time for, for food and drinks. I will not put anything that's un- except water and tea in my mouth after 8 o'clock. And then I go to bed at 10. So that's kind of my standard, my standard protocol. So create that hard stop for yourself. Now, if I'm out on a social event, things like that, that's great. You know, I give myself grace um, and that actually leads to probably the third thing that people do is that the goal of all of this is to vary your fasting lengths, vary your fasting times. That's usually once you've kind of got this compressed eating window and we can chat a little bit about that. But I I always take it back to think about what our cave ancestors did. They came out of the cave in the morning. They didn't have refrigeration. They didn't have a pantry. There wasn't DoorDash or Starbucks nearby, so they had to go find food. So what they did is they in the, in the attempt to go find food, they switched over to the fat burner energy system. Well, the fat burner energy system is like rocket fuel. It, it makes ketones, which makes you very, very um, alert and smart. It, the, the ketones will go and power up your muscles. Ketones act like an antioxidant. So you are supercharged when you're in this fat burning place. Then they found food and they came back and they feasted. They didn't count calories. They didn't count macros. They came home and they ate and then they probably went to bed and they got up and did it again. That's how you were meant to approach food. The problem is we wake up, we have a refrigerator, we have a pantry at night. We don't even have to get off the couch. We could order DoorDash and have it delivered to our front door. It's our accessibility to food that is destroying our metabolic health first. And then we can go in, it's the quality after that. But if we just mimic what the cave people did and start to mimic that, it, it you'll see that that's how you're designed. So it gets easier with time. Whereas every other diet on the planet got harder with time, not fasting. It gets easier with time. The
0: picture that really stands out to me is with the lioness and a lion and the lioness is hunting and she's she's hungry and she wants to feed her family and she's renting and she's just kicking ass and taking names like she's going. And then the lion after they have feasted is just sitting there, you know, in the field (laughs) and is wiped out. And I think we've had that thought process backwards where we think we've got to eat all this food to get energy like the lioness. And yet that Mm. is not how we were designed and made. And it, and it, your example is that. just so perfectly true where we have this energy that's, that's here. We have this fat to burn. And most of us, you know, based on the statistics I'm reading, most of us have excess body fat for energy yep. to use and to burn like that lioness. And yep. so I, I think that's so true. So now When the person has condensed their eating window, they're finding kind of some success there. I love that you that you mentioned some ideas there or some things to help people. What's kind of the next step? Okay, I'm getting my fasting groove here, Dr. Mindy, I'm feeling better. I've got over my mental hurdles. And now I'm ready to take step two. Okay. I love this
1: because I am such a, anytime I take on a big task in my own life, I have to step it out. Otherwise it gets overwhelming and you fail. And you know, too many people have failed at diets, and the minute you fail, the old patterns show yeah, up. Yeah. So the first thing you're going to do, to your point, bet is we're going to compress your eating window. So you're going to have a time period that you fast and a time period you eat. And we just talked about how you start to go into that, and so, as opposed to eating all day. So now you're in your. You've got that mastered. You're going to go to three meals a day within your eating window. So you're not snacking for those eight hours. You're literally breaking down three meals. Okay. Now you've got that. Okay. The next step, again, we have, I just want to point out, we haven't taken anything away at this point. Okay. So here's the next step. I want you to increase the diversity of foods that you eat. You have over 6,000 different types of bacteria in your gut and they regulate your blood sugar they bring your inflammation down. They make neurotransmitters that keep you happy. They help you sleep. They prevent disease. These bat microbes are your friends and they feed off a lot of different foods. So if you're eating the same foods over and over and over again, you are doing creating what we call a monoculture where you are only feeding maybe a thousand of them. And the other, and those guys get really dominant. And the other 5,000 are like, what about me? Where, where, how can you feed me differently? So look at your three categories of foods, look at your vegetables, look at your fruits, and look at your meats and ask yourself, can I vary those? So for me, for example, we do meat, and we can talk about what vegetarians Mm -hmm. do here in a moment. We do everything from grass-fed beef to chicken, Mm -hmm. to duck, to goat, to bison, to whatever we can get our hands on that's different. We try deer, antelope, Mm -hmm. like we try as all the different meats we can possibly find. When I, when I buy eggs, I go to a farmer's market, I try to get duck eggs and chicken eggs. I vary those. Oh my gosh, when it comes to fruits and vegetables, I'm like, I will never buy the same lettuce twice. I buy romaine once. The next time I'll buy spinach. The next time I'll get a spring mix. Maybe I'll throw in some parsley, some mint, uh, fruit. I'll buy at right now. It's seasonal. I'll do apples. They're yummy, but I won't buy the same red apple. I'll do Pippin and then I'll do Fuji. And I just, the variation needs to increase. And the reason for that is you're going to feed these microbes in your gut that are going to balance your blood sugar and make it so much easier for you to fast even longer and is great for your metabolic health.
0: We, ha- we haven't taken anything away from you other than eating first thing in the morning. I think that's great. And I also find that there is, I don't know if other people experience this, but when I vary my diet more, it's like it checks a box of also feeling much more satiated.
1: Oh, yeah. You know,
0: when you're just eating yeah. the same thing all the time, I feel like you can do that for a period of time, but then you just want more and it's like nothing ever checks the box. That's so right. I love your idea. And I, I do think that we all get in that rut. So I love your idea of even buying different lettuce and mixing in different things. I like throwing in some cilantro. I, I, some yeah. people oh, hate yeah. cilantro. But yeah. I can, oh, I love cilantro. I love it. I could just, I can yeah. eat it as a salad. So I think that's yeah. great. Hey friends, it's Bet. If you are enjoying today's podcast, I really hope you will join me every week for what I hope you find are inspiring interviews and bold content on topics like family and career and health. And can I also ask you a favor? Can you press that subscribe button and write a review if you like what you hear today? By doing those things, you are helping me get the word out. And I truly would be ever, ever so grateful. It also allows you to be the first to know when new content arrives. So please subscribe today. Now, let's get back to our guests. Such great tips for so many things. So now I feel like this faster is becoming more and more of a pro. Now you've yeah. kind of looking at food variation. We haven't taken anything away. No, nope, We've said nothing. maybe just limit your snacks between the meals and yep. hone in on your window. Okay. As we're moving into the pros, what's next? Dr. Yeah. And for that person, by the way, let's go back to the
1: South Carolina teacher. This is what I wish I had told her because she could have done everything I just told you. She could have done that. So and then if she wants to eat. So it's five o'clock, four o'clock. She's leaving, leaving school. She wants to go get her Big Mac okay, go get the Big Mac, go eat it. But at least now we're using the principles of fasting to overcome the metabolic damage that happens from the Big Mac. And as she improves the diversity of her food, so maybe she brought a salad for lunch and she did the the tool that I just said. So she's improving the diversity. I promise you, she's not going to want that Big Mac after a long period of time. In fact, there's incredible research uh, years ago showed something that they took people with who are overweight, high cholesterol, all metabolic syndrome people. And they basically said, you can eat whatever you want one day. You're going to fast the next day. You're not going to eat anything. You're going to eat whatever you want the next day. So every other day (laughs) you fast and on the days you're not fasting, no rules. You eat whatever you want. So these people were were like, okay, this is a great diet, but you have to do it for a year. Well, within three months, their food choices started to change. And they started to make better and better food choices. By the end of the year, they had all lost weight. All of their cholesterol came down. Fasting glucose, CRP, like every metabolic marker came down. And they were now choosing different foods. So just the sheer act of these first two steps alone over repetitively over time, the foods you crave, you'll you'll start to do this different. So Now, to answer your question, okay, now what does the pro do? So now let's get in a little deeper into some of the quality of your food. For example, did you know that bad oils make you more insulin resistant than carbs? So we have villainized carbs, and I'm not saying carbs are great, but I'm saying if you had to start to remove one one food, it's the bad oils. These are your canola oils, your cottonseed, your, your corn, safflower, sunflower, soybean, partially hydrogenated, vegetables, everything you're going to find in your supermarket for most of most part. Yes. Let's just swap those out for olive oil, avocado oil, grass-fed butter. Um, How about some um, avocados? Those now are going to be healthy fats that are going to kill the hunger hormone, but you're not doing the inflammatory fats. So those fats come down. Yeah. So the next step is to make that change. The next change beyond that is let's take away your processed carbs and let's swap them out for your nature's carbs. So let's take the breads, the pastas, the cakes, the cookies. Let's, let's just move those away. You can have as many potatoes, fruit, anything that comes from the earth in a carb form. You can have as much as you want. We haven't even, we're not counting macros. We're not doing anything. We're just making one more food choice. Now, once you do that, then you can really start to shorten your eating window and elongate your fasting window. And we can talk about what we know about fasting based off of research is that there are six different lengths of fasting that turns on these, these healing switches. And the longer you fast, more healing happens. But again, I'm going back to the South Carolina teacher and saying, let's take you from a really deep hole that you might be in and let's inch you along. And if you follow all those steps, okay, now you're ready to go into some longer fasts. And that's where
0: pff, lives are changed dramatically. Yeah. It's interesting because some people, when they start intermittent fasting, hear about these people doing longer fasts and are, are like, oh my gosh. And they kind of freak, it freaks them out. And all we're saying today is, hey, you can start really with an eight to 10 hour eating window. That's what we're trying to get you to. Like you just said, I found some pretty dramatic differences on my journey when I just add in a 24 hour every once in a while. And then I would, then I toyed with a mealless day. Some people think I say meatless, not nothing against a meatless day, but I, I do a mealless day sometimes. A mealless day. A mealless day. And that's yeah. really that's a, a kind of a 36 to 40 hour. Love it. That can just be so extremely powerful on yeah. your fasting. And yeah. so you kind of have all these different fasting protocols. People have diversified their food choices. What do you tell them to do to help them get through? Kate, maybe they're trying to do a little bit longer fast. What are some of the tips that you find kind of help people do that? Yeah, so two tips there. One is up your good fat. You, You
1: need fat to burn fat. You need fat to be a better fat burner metabolic system. So, but it's good fat. So up your good fat. Whenever you're hungry, go for in your eating window, start leaning into fat. So, scoops of nut butter, nuts, avocados—those kind of things are going to be really good for stabilizing your blood sugar. The next thing, when you get hungry in your eating window, lean into protein. So, protein and fat—it just doesn't—it doesn't cause your blood sugar to go up as much. So now you're stabilizing your blood sugar, making tomorrow's fast a lot easier because you're not on this up and down roller coaster type situation. And usually with enough time of that, people just intuitively start to go into 24 hour fasts or like you do, like 36 hour fasts. It just feels better to do it when you're when once you've done all that prep work. And you know, to your point, like. 24 hours, we we have scientific evidence that intestinal stem cells will kick in and you're, anybody with a gut problem, your gut will be repaired. At 36 hours, there's incredible evidence that a 36 hour fast done once a month can really kick you into a higher fat burning place where you're, you're learning to be this better fat burning, accessing that energy system yeah. and priming it better. Uh, 48 hours, we have incredible research showing that all the dopamine re- pathways in our brain get reset, and new dopamine neurons form. So you're when you the days after that fast, you're going to be more joyful. And we see evidence of this in our resetter group uh, in, on social media. It's incredible. Um, and at 72 hours of fasting, you reboot your whole immune system. So the goal is to go cl- start climbing up the ladder. And if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, I'm not even at 10 hours of fasting, follow my steps. I promise you, I have hundreds of thousands of people we have watched this with and you, your body wants you to take care of it this way and it will crave fasting longer. I think the hardest problem I have with my community is trying to reel them
0: back from fasting because <laughs> they just want to keep fasting. And I'm like, no, 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 you got to eat too. We're not going to villainize fish. Yes. And it is. It's finding that nice marriage between fasting and feasting. And yeah. it's almost just as much of a skill to learn when you're fasting is how to feast because you are changing how you feast. And yeah. I, I, I tell people all the time, I never started eating so well until I started fasting. I started my, and what my body craved. It was like I was pregnant. It was like, I knew what I wanted. I wanted steak and I wanted this. And, you know, it's just funny. It was like my body knew what it needed and what it wanted. You know what? I just, that's
1: such a good point. And I, what I want people to realize another big part of my mission is our give yourself the power back. Your body knows how to direct you in a healthy path. Here's the problem. From the moment you were born, you've been taught to fear everything outside of you. You've been taught to fear bacteria, viruses. You've been taught that if you have a fever, you take a medication. If you have a boo-boo, you put a Band-Aid on it. Like we have been taught outside in health. And outside in health says that I am weak, and I have to put something outside of me into me. Yes. Well, with fasting, what happens is you flip that. And now you're saying, huh, I'm not going to put anything into me. <laughs> and my body's going to heal. And for a lot of people, that is a that is mind bending. Yes. They don't know what to do with that because they've never been taught that. But this is what I love about fasting is you start to see somebody believe in themselves again and trust their body again. And that is what I heard in your statement is like, yes, like you did that. You understand it. Now your brain's going, okay, well, if my body can do this, what else can it do?
0: Yes, there is a confidence there. And it's so in a clarity. And that's why people talk about the clarity. I think so much is that I think a lot of us are walking around in a fog. Yes, and yeah. you know, and and some of it is we don't even realize how much fog is there until it clears, and I think that's yes. what intermittent fasting can do so well. I'm sure you hear in your resetters group and all the people that you help that every once in a while people hit a wall. Some people call it a plateau. Some people call it a stall. When those people come to you, they've had they've had success. They've made big strides on their health journey. Uh, what's your reaction to when they say, "Oh, Dr. Mindy, but I'm." I'm just at a plateau where I feel very stuck. What's, what's your advice to this? So here's another great story. In fact,
1: I just wrote it in a, I've got a new book um, coming out next year for women, uh, Fasting Manual for Women. And uh, I just put this story in there because it was so enlightening for me. When I first understood fasting, I was really excited by the research. So I always, this is sort of how I take new information in, is I apply it on myself first. And then I usually apply it to the people around me, my staff, my husband, my children, <laughs> my friends, like anybody who's willing to try my newest things. So I did that with, with intermittent fasting as I applied it to everybody. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then I started to see, I applied it to my patients and then what I saw was that the body needed uh, needed to vary the lengths of fasts. Mm-hmm. So we started going, some days we would do 24-hour fasts, some days we would do 13-hour fasts, some days we wouldn't fast kind of mimicking our cave ancestors. Yes. They didn't always get a kill at two o'clock in the afternoon and bring it back to the cave. Some days they didn't get a kill. Some days they got two kills, brought it back and feasted for days. So I started to mimic that and I started to see what incredible results people were getting in my office. Well, about that time, Jason Fung came out with his book, The Obesity Code. And it's a great book if you haven't read it. And it was all about the power of fasting on weight loss. Well, this started a whole movement of what we call, I I call, oh matters, one meal a day people. They were all going one meal a day. They lost tremendous amount of weight, did really well, and then they got stuck. And so about this intersection of time, I was doing videos on YouTube explaining how important fasting variation was. And all these people ended up on my YouTube channel. I literally went, I did one video on varying your fast and we went from like 3000 subscribers on YouTube to 30,000 subscribers in one month because of all these people who were stuck. So I realized I'm looking at all their comments and I'm like, we have to help them. How can I help them understand what I do with my patients? So I took Hundreds of people, I decided to do what I call a reset experience where I took people through a 15 day process where we varied their fasts, we varied their food, we varied the length of their fast, we just varied everything in 15 days. Every single one of those people became unstuck. And it's wow. because we are born for variation. And the if if this is mind blowing to you, if you hired a personal trainer and they gave you the same exercise over and over and over again, you would hit a plateau and at some, time, at some point you would fire them yeah. because you wouldn't be getting the same result. Everything else in your life when it comes to your health works the same way. So if you're fasting the same way, same type
0: every single day. It is time to vary it. I love that advice because I do think some people are so by the book. My my natural nature is to vary, but most people I run into, it's like, no, this is what I was told to do. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to yeah. do anything different. And it's interesting because I've had that epiphany even when I've gone on a vacation, have gone on a vacation, haven't been as what I would call a strict, haven't exercised as much, been a little bit longer on my eating, a little bit more treats. And you know what, half the time I come back and I'm expecting to have, oh, gained all this weight or whatever. And sometimes my body's like, oh no, I really liked that. You know, you rested a little bit more, yeah. you, you know, your yeah. stress levels were lower. And it's so funny because it was like, Oh, yeah. That variation can be really nice. And I love Fast. how you compare it to exercise. It makes so much yep. sense. Yeah. And d- you know what's so fascinating? Like If you're going to go on the
1: vacation, here's the best thing to do. yeah, Be really strict with your fasting, get yourself really fat adapted, and then go on vacation and enjoy yourself. Eat breakfast, eat six meals a day, eat whatever you want. And then when you come back, let's go back into your fasting let's go back into and that variation I can't tell you the number of people who come back and say exactly what you said bet where they're like I lost weight on vacation its it's just yeah it's it's just variation. We are meant for variation. And yet we, when we find a diet that works, what happens is we become a zealot for that diet. We're like, I'm keto, I'm paleo, I'm Weight Watchers. But you don't even realize that you got to keep mixing it up. And, and this even applies. I was on a, uh, a call with my staff today and one of my staff members was talking about a new skin product that she had and she goes, oh my God, I love this new cleanser. And I said to her, oh, my God, I tried that cleanser about six months ago, and I loved it in the beginning as well. And about 90 days into it, I found it didn't work for me as much. So I actually applied the thoughts of variation to my facial cleansers. <laughs> and I now have three different kinds and I vary them all the time. And every time I come to a new one, there's an immediate change I can see in, in
0: the lotions and cleansers. Yes, I think you're so right. So I think that that's just such, such good advice. So now one question I get a lot is that, bet. I'm worried fasting is going to slow my metabolism. What would you like to say to that? Oh, my God. I have so many things I want to say to that. Okay, let's go back
1: to what is your metabolism and what speeds your metabolism up. So if you cannot answer that question, then do not buy into not eating is slowing your metabolism down. What slows your metabolism down is when you don't switch in and out of sugar burner and fat burner. When you try to only manipulate your metabolism with food, I don't care what food it is, over time that will slow the metabolism down. So you've got to learn metabolic switching. You've got to learn to go periods where you're not eating and that you're thriving there. So There is no evidence that fasting will slow your metabolism down. Now, let's go back to the O-matters. The O-matters got stuck because they did not vary. So as long as you're varying the length of your fast, you're varying your foods, then your metabolism just keeps getting more and more and more primed. Now, the next thing I'll say, let's go back to the study I talked about in the beginning. What are these organs of metabolism that slow us down as we age? Because it's not aging itself. It's challenges in the brain, the liver, the gut, and the kidneys. So this is basically toxicity. Toxicity. Uh, brain and, and kidneys, those are toxic. If your brain and your, and your kidneys are not working well, it's because they're having to filter a lot of toxins. So look at your toxic load, look at your household cleaners, look at your beauty products, like look at the things, your, your plastic water bottles, look at those toxic things that might be destroying the brain and making your kidneys work really hard. Okay. What about your liver? Well, your liver doesn't like a lot of sugar. It doesn't like a lot of alcohol. It doesn't want a lot of medications. So what can we do to give some, take some um, pressure off that liver? And then your gut, your gut doesn't do well with multiple rounds of antibiotics. It doesn't do well with fake ingredients. It doesn't do well with two decades of birth control. Like those are the things that are destroying your gut. So let's work on that and keep those four organs healthy. If we keep those organs healthy and we learn metabolic switching, and this is what this research showed, your metabolism will not slow down. It cannot slow down whether you're 95 or 25, the only reason they slow down is because those four organs
0: are now starting to malfunction. Wow, I think that was so enlightening because I think we are starting to understand so much more even every day, the connection between all of that. You know, it used to be, oh, it's just what you eat, it's just what you eat and how much you move. And, yep. and our bodies are just so much more complex than that. And yes. I love that you, that you shared your wisdom with us. So, you know, we, we only have a, a little bit more time, but I'd like to know what are your favorite things to break a fast with? Because ah, yes. A lot of people will say that depending on what they break their fast with really does impact how they feel the rest of the fast. And again, Hey, if you're fasting, great. That's where we want you to be. But there are some tools on what you can break a fast with. And I think you've had some great wisdom here. Yeah, thank you for asking that because it's a piece, once
1: you've gotten all these other pieces kind of played with them, it's a really common question that my community asks me. What should I break my fast with? It's so common that in my new book, there will be a whole chapter on what to break your fast with because so many people ask it. Let me simplify it. There are three things you want to break your fast with. And most of the time you'll pick one of these three. Sometimes you'll stack a couple of them together. So, and I'll tell you where you would use each one. So the first is protein. If you want to build muscle, if you need more amino acids, then put yourself in this fasting window where your body is healing, and now let's break it with protein. You're going to help build muscle. You're going to bring your amino acids up. Why are amino acids important? Amino acids are very important for brain health. So if you're like, well, I don't really care about my muscles, fine. So do it for your brain. You need amino acids to prevent depression, anxiety. You need amino acids to be able to sleep. And we are an amino acid deficient world. So break it with protein so you're getting that amino acids in. You could even do something like collagen powder and water and, and take a sip, sip that way. So the, And then as your amino acids, by the way, go up, you're not amino acid uh, uh, regularity, like uh, having the proper amount, kills your hunger. So the next day, fasting is going to be much easier, which is amazing. Okay, second thing. Let's say you're set out to do a 20-hour fast, and it's 16 hours in. You're like, I'm not going to make it. Why don't you break your fast with fat, just fat? try an avocado, try, um, I've even taken a scoop of nut butter. Mm -hmm. I've done MCT oil and some tea, just put some fat in your body and see if it kills your hunger hormone. When we break our fast with fat, which is typically you're breaking the fast, you kill hunger. And a lot of times you can elongate your fast. So when I, when I have patients that want to go into like a three day water fast, and they're a day and a half in and they're dying, I say, go get, get some fat, just mm-hmm. take some fat and let's see if we can get you a little further down the fasting line. Then the third thing is for people who want to improve their microbiome health. And this is what I call the three P's. So polyphenol, probiotic, and prebiotic rich foods. So these are your sauerkrauts, your kimchi. Uh, you could even do kombucha if you want to do kombucha. Um, prebiotic fibers are like a lot of your leafy greens. So have a salad. Put some pumpkin seeds and hemp seeds and chia seeds on that. Have a handful of raw nuts. Those are all really good for your microbiome. Olives. Olives are a great polyphenol food. So the three Ps will really help with that microbiome diversity. So if you know that you need better uh, neurotransmitter production, if you're struggling to balance your your blood sugar, if you have an autoimmune condition, those are the things where we're going to want you to break your fast with the three Ps. Now, Mm. could you do them all together? Sure, Sure, you could. Could you vary them one day you do fat, the next day you do protein, the next day you do three Ps? Fine. But if you stay within that category
0: of food, you're going to find you get healthier and healthier over time. You know, it's interesting. The feedback that I've got from a lot of the guests on the show is when they're about to go into a long fast, doing a protein-rich meal prior, but they also say exactly what you're saying is that post the fast, that it really helps them to have the protein. And I love your ideas on the nut butter. I love the idea around the sauerkraut. I actually had sauerkraut today. When awesome. I broke my fast. It was it was delicious. Um, yep. I know not everyone loves it, but I don't know how you don't. I'm just, my goal is to learn how to make it though. I still haven't made my Me own. Me too. It's on my bucket list, along with a few million other things. But well, this has been so extremely helpful. And I know we're coming to a close. And Dr. Mindy, a lot of people are going to want to know how to connect with you, where to find you. Can you share that with us? And also how to support you when your new upcoming book comes out next Uh, year. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So you can, you know, my, I always say my
1: passion project is my YouTube channel. So if you go to my YouTube channel, I have over 600 videos there, pretty much all of them on fasting. I bring all the new science to YouTube. So go subscribe. Um, That's a great resource. I look at it like sort of a Wikipedia, a, a video Wikipedia of fasting and hopefully you find it easy to listen to. Instagram is another great place. We put a lot of fasting tips there. Uh, if you want to be a part of a really cool community that's free, our resetter collaboratives on Facebook. There's a oh, it's a fun. private group. You can go join that. Get a lot of really we keep. I actually have checked this out. But I have three moderators in there every day to make sure that the comments are kind and supportive, and the culture in that group is unbelievable. Such amazing people, all on a fasting path. So those are kind of the great resources. Uh, The book will come out in fall of 2022. It is a fasting manual for women. There is no book like this on the market right now for women only. Um, I'm really excited. I'm pretty sure we're going to go with this name. Uh, We're calling it Fast Like a Girl. And it's just all about what women of all ages, postmenopausal to, you know, down to the earliest age of fasting, which is usually 15, 16 of what you should do and how to fast for your cycle. I have a whole section around when to fast in your cycle, when not to uh. how to pair foods that will help with, with hormonal production. So uh, yeah, I, I'm
0: so excited to get this book out into the world, but you'll have to wait till 2022. Hey, you know what? We are so excited to have it in the world because I think the more information and the more things we can learn about our bodies and the more we can learn about fasting, I think we're all better for it. And I am, as... My guests know and as my audience knows, I love to end the interview with what is your last piece of bold advice for the listeners and I it can be fasting related, but it doesn't have to be and I just want to say thank you as well for your
1: time. Mm Oh, thank you, Beth. Um, Here's my number one advice: Do not ever give up on yourself. (laughs) You were born in a miracle, and if somebody gives you a diagnosis, if somebody tells you you can't do something with a diet or with a fast, you run as fast as you can away from that person because you are born in a self healing machine that loves you and wants to work with you. And when you adopt the principles like what we talked about today, you will discover just how powerful you are. We're looking for a hero outside of us. You are your own hero. And
0: please don't give up on yourself. Amen. Don't give up on yourself. Thank you, Dr. Mindy, for your time. Wish you all the best. Thank you for having me, Beth. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening today. If you enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to write a review and push that subscribe button. I also hope you will come hang out with me on Instagram, Facebook, and my new website, vetlucas.com. And remember friends, be you boldly. The world needs you